Welcome to another edition of Take 15. My name is Greg Seals, and I work at the CFA Institute. Today uh, with us, we have Matt Orsog, who's a senior policy analyst at the CFA Center for Financial Market Integrity. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. And today we were going to talk about uh, a new manual that was published by the Center right. on Environmental, Social, and Governance Factors at mm -hmm. Companies. Uh, so maybe to start out with, you could tell us a little bit about the purpose of publishing the manual and okay. what it's intended to do and what you hope analysts might do with this manual. Right. Well, this manual follows on our corporate governance manual that was uh, published in 2005. Uh, and that manual and this manual was published to give our investors or our members and investors worldwide a better understanding of corporate governance issues and now environmental, social and governance issues and how those issues and how those factors can affect the, the companies they invest in. Um, you know, we have about 95,000 members worldwide, and some of these issues are, are new to some of those members. So we wanted the governance manual, this manual, uh, to be kind of a baseline of educational tool for them to understand a little of the language uh, that they need to understand, where they can find some of the information, uh, the resources that are out there, and how to factor some of these issues into their uh, investment decision-making. Okay. People have often commented that they understand that these issues are very important, but mm. they're uncomfortable with including them in the investment process because they're just not sure how to quantify these effects or what exactly they do with them. How does the manual help uh, in that regard, or what is the um, goal in terms of what the center is looking to mm. do toward that end? Well, that's a very good point. A lot of this... Uh, these thoughts of um, trying to capture this information uh, and quantify it is in its infancy. I mean, think of where the, the accounting uh, templates we use came from. You know, they're hundreds of years old, and they're still changing. Right. Uh, a lot of the governance, environmental, and social um, factors and trying to measure them are in its infancy as well. Uh, one of the interesting things is a lot of uh, investment banks and brokerages now have dedicated ESG teams uh, and are looking at these issues and putting out reports on ESG and, and how to quantify things and how to value things. But if you look back and see where those reports came from, there's you know none of them are from the 1990s or, or earlier. They're all in the past couple of years. Okay. So this is something that, that's quite new, and that is one of the main problems is, is how do we quantify these things? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're hard to quantify. Mm -hmm. you know, it, depend, it, it can depend on industry. For example, utilities or automakers or oil companies, you know, a big issue now is greenhouse gas emissions. Right. And those are things they can quantify to some degree. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, I guess this, this uh, dovetails nicely into where to find this information. Mm -hmm. um, a lot more companies, especially bigger companies, and especially in industries where one of the ESG issues or there's an ESG issue they need to worry about, mm -hmm. uh, they'll, they're starting to disclose that information more and more. And to stay on that example of, say, a utility company, mm -hmm. uh, a lot more companies that are, are that size and in those type of industries are putting out you know, ESG reports or they might be called environmental health and safety reports or corporate, corporate social responsibility reports. But, you know, 20 years ago, there was just an annual report or a 10K, a lot okay. more companies are putting out this kind of information. And it may have some of that information uh, in it about tons of greenhouse gas emissions from these power plants or from their automobile fleet or whatever it may be. And not just in that issue, but for s different social issues as well. Like, you know, Nike, uh, Nike you know, had, had issues in the 90s with uh, sweatshop labor accusations. Right. Now they have a whole report on you know, moderate monitoring their 
over 600 uh, factories worldwide that are audited by an outside independent source. Okay. So there's a lot more information companies are putting out there. And like brokerage research, like I mentioned before, there's that. There's some specialty research depending on the issue. And a lot of, I won't go through all of them. A lot of those are in the manual where to find those things. Right. So there are a lot of resources that you, we can point analysts to in terms of helping them to quantify these issues a That's bit right. more and, and factor them into the investment process. That's right. Okay, great. Uh, is there one ESG factor, like we hear a lot of talk about global warming, for mm -hmm. example, is there one ESG factor that seems to be sort of dominant or overwhelming, or is it really more of an industry-specific? It's, it's, it's really industry-specific. Uh, it's interesting. Governance and looking at governance as a way to drive value really got ahead of the environmental and social issues. And you would have activist hedge funds pushing for companies to de-stagger their board or separate their chairman and CEO or get rid of a poison pill or something like that. You know, in, through the past decade in, in some some firms and some funds even before that. Mm -hmm. And I think now, you know, the issue of uh, environment and global warming is probably the biggest one, mm -hmm. but it's not the only one. You right. know, it's an easy one to see because uh, for the utilities and, 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 just, and people where carbon or carbon emissions is a big issue, mm -hmm. that's an obvious one. And, you know, here in the U.S., it's likely that the next administration both candidates have said that they want to put some kind of price on carbon mm -hmm. emissions. Uh, it's a price per ton of, of carbon emissions, and there isn't one now. Mm -hmm. So those companies, and you're, if you're an analyst or an investor following these companies, companies, you need to see, right, if the price of if price of a ton of carbon emissions is $20 or $30, what does that mean to the company I invest in? Right. And that's not something that's necessarily in the income statement or balance sheet now. Right. And the company may talk about it, but that's one of the things you need to understand is, does the company understand those risks? Do you understand those risks? And there's also opportunities out there, companies that can, you know, maybe be able to move to different energy sources that don't pollute as much, maybe ahead of those who, who, who aren't able to do that, well, that's just in that one instance. That's a good example of how, how you can incorporate and try to apply some of these uh, ESG principles. Mm -hmm. um, can you distinguish um, considering ESG factors from, let's say, socially conscious investing, which mm -hmm. many people are familiar with? Yeah, there's kind of an alphabet soup of acronyms out there. Right. And there's SRI, which is socially responsible investing. And uh, go back a little in history, uh, that kind of started around uh, the issue of apartheid in South Africa mm -hmm. you know, over 15 years ago. And that's one of the first things that got people investing with a socially responsible mandate. Mm -hmm. And now it depends on what definition the investor has of social responsibility. Some people have a negative screen where they screen out tobacco or gambling stocks or, or, or things like that. Mm -hmm. Some may have a positive screen where they only include companies that they think have certain virtues, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. But that definition of what that socially responsible screen is, you know, is gonna is gonna be different from person to person, from money manager to money manager. Right. One of the interesting things we found in our research was right now in the US about nineteen percent, or I guess this was from last year, but it's probably still pretty current, about nineteen percent of defined contribution plans in the US have some kind of SRI fund in them as an option. Mm -hmm. And then in the next couple of years that will probably grow to forty or fifty percent. So mm -hmm. it's something there is a demand there, mm -hmm. but you have to be careful what the definition of the SRI fund is and, and right. read the prospectus and see if, if you agree with that, if you want to invest in it. ESG, uh the way we put it in this manual and the way we've heard it, you know, uh, who people who do this for a living is just looking at those factors that may influence the value of the company. 
Right. And then if if you want to put a social value on that, that's fine. Right. If you want to use ESG just to see as a proxy for quality of management, that's fine. Right. There's different ways to look at it that right. isn't necessarily a socially responsible screen. Right. This is a little more generic in a sense that right. there are factors that you could use in a number of different ways right. uh, as you're analyzing a company. That's true. Great. Um, is there any proof that incorporating these ESG factors into the investment process can actually improve uh, performance or improve results? Well, since you know, since it is such a new thing, you know, mm -hmm. there's there's academic and broker research out there that says both things. Mm -hmm. uh, I would encourage people to look in the in the back of the manual. There's about six pages there of uh, papers, both academic and from brokerage houses on. Uh, ESG issues, just environmental issues, issues, just on social issues, just on governance issues. And I can't remember all, all the name of, names of them now, uh, but there are some in there that see that there's a positive correlation, some that see, see there's a negative correlation. Uh, governance ones go back farther because people have been looking at governance, uh, governance more. Um, I have a background uh, uh, before I came to the Institute in governance, and what we found is companies that have poor governance underperform more than companies that have good governance outperform. Right. So there's there's a way to screen for companies that have poor governance, uh, and if you're able to avoid those companies over the longer term, it's likely that you'll do better. And I would I would imagine it's going to be the same mm -hmm. uh, for social and environmental uh, companies that you know are have very you know have horrible social and environmental records uh, will likely be you know punished by the market in the long term. But that's something we'll we'll have to see. Right. Okay. Great. Uh, what do you and, and the center see as next steps in this uh, ESG realm as this continues to uh, grow in importance uh, mm -hmm. in, in the analyst community and in the investment community? And what what other things uh, do you expect the center will be involved in in terms of promoting mm -hmm. uh, uh, promoting uh, increased awareness of these ESG factors? Well, uh, we we've officially launched this paper in July of 2008. Uh, we've already got uh, interest from a lot of societies uh, around uh, the U.S. and around the world who want us to come in and speak on the issue, which is encouraging mm -hmm. because we know that there's, there is interest out there. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons uh, we did the manual. Uh, as far as what's next uh, for, the, uh, for the Institute on this issue, it may be something that works its way into the curriculum down the road. Governance is already something that's in the curriculum. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it, it got in the curriculum three or four years ago mm -hmm. as a couple learning outcome statements. And the ESG might fold in naturally into that where it's just another set of factors to consider. Okay. Um, there, it's interesting that there's a debate now in a, a number of circles of whether it's uh, the fiduciary duty of an investor, of a money manager, to include ESG factors. Right. Uh, and we were involved in some conversations a couple of years ago uh, when the UN was coming up with their principles of responsible investing. Okay. Uh, and those principles simply state that it is the fiduciary duty of money managers to consider ESG issues. Now, they have to look at those ESG issues, and they, they can weight them however they want, and mm -hmm. they can look at them and, and ultimately decide they have zero weight or they have 50% weight, whatever they want. Right. But it's something that they have to look at because in the long, it's in the long-term interest of their shareholders. Right. And right now, I think uh, they have over 380 um, institutional investors around the world who support the principles and manage over $14 trillion dollars. Uh, and assets, wow. so it's 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 quite a big community, and that mm -hmm. grew that grew from a base two years ago of of uh, I think four trillion dollars under 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 management. So it's clearly it, a growing uh, growing area of inquiry. It is in investment management. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us today, Matt, to discuss this very important issue. Thanks for having me. And where can we find more information about this manual? 
Uh, the manual is on, on the CFA Institute website under the CFA Center, and it has its own uh, ESG tab, and you can also find it in CFA Institute publications. Great. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us today for another edition of Take 15. If you'd like to see more, you can visit cfawebcast.org. Copyright 2008, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.